When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, happy new year. I'm really excited about today's guest, Kristen Mellon, and she's an entrepreneur, but also she's a fem CEO of Femgevity, and she's also the co-founder. Uh, she's a menopause and feminine longevity expert, and she's got an extensive background, and I'm happy to welcome her to the show. Kristen, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, um, and like I, I love talking with... Um, health entrepreneurs and just people on the cutting edge. And I love setting the stage, kind of talk to people about your experience and your background for this awesome discussion we're about to have. Yeah, great. Yeah, so how did you get started? So I went to um, nursing school at Johns Hopkins and then I went to midwifery school at New York University. And then I always kind of wanted to really work with women um, in wellness and work with them during pregnancy and childbirth, but also like on um, the non-pathologic and the non-sick part of medicine. Um, I think that that's a lot of what we have now in the medical world is sick care. And I was always interested in well care. I saw pregnancy as part of a well woman's journey. It's not a pathological state. It's a physiological state. And so this the new kind of science behind longevity medicine has kind of becoming more popular in the last 10 years. And that totally aligns with my beginnings of working with women in pregnancy and and in menarche and menopause. And so now I'm extending that into femgevity and working with women um, through their fertility time and then into their menopause and longevity time, like into hopefully we can all become centenarians together. Um, and it's quite interesting. So, and I love to usually the discussion around four or five different themes and in your journey to co-found femgevity, you know, what were some significant gaps you had identified in women's healthcare, particularly those navigating menopause and how does Femgevity aim to bridge these gaps? Yeah, there, I think there was a significant gap created by the fear around HRT and the fear around hormone replacement therapy that kind of came from one study that was published in 2002. The WHI study was published in JAMA, which is one of our biggest journals in medicine. And it basically said that estrogen or HRT causes breast cancer, which now 20 years later, 21 years later, we know isn't true. And we know that that was incredibly misleading. Typically in medicine, what we do is when we have a finding like that, we replicate it multiple times to make sure that it's actually accurate. Um, even the information of that study wasn't reported accurately. There were 40 principal investigators on that study. Only four of them actually read the study. So there was a lot of misinformation that came in the early 2000s, 2010s. And so we're kind of working with that as a medical community now because hormone replacement therapy hasn't really been available because of this collective fear that the um, general public has about it. So at Femgevity, what we're doing is we're looking to educate women about not just estrogen. Estrogen isn't the only hormone that's available for hormone replacement. You know, we have cortisol, we have um, insulin, we have um, DHEA, progesterone, testosterone, lots of other thyroid, lots of other hormones that kind of go into a woman's wellness around the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And 
So educating, but then also treating women and kind of meeting them where they're at with their comfort level in terms of, do they want a nutraceutical path? Do they want a supplement path? Do they want a diet, lifestyle, exercise path? Do they want bioidentical path? Or do they want HRT, traditional pharmacological HRT, and kind of educating them about the safety and then also prescribing and treating? Mm, interesting. And you, you know, on the topic of HRT, it's, uh, you know, you mentioned it and talk about, you know, elaborate on, you know, for the non-clinical audience, how HRT alleviates menopausal symptoms and what should women consider in terms of benefits and potential risks? Yeah. So HRT is like a very large umbrella term that means hormone replacement therapy. And you could probably even put things like thyroid and even insulin, which is a hormone into the bucket of hormone replacement therapy. But a lot of times I think when people are talking about it from a lay person's perspective, they're talking about testosterone replacement for men. Um, and they're talking about estrogen replacement for women. So women, when they get to the perimenopausal time, which is usually the the decade, give or take, leading up to menopause, will have symptoms of perimenopausal um, changes, like mainly anxiety, sleep changes, night sweats, um, difficulty sleeping. And so that kind of carries into the menopausal time. And the menopausal time is kind of more wrought with the classic symptoms that I think are associated with menopause, like hot flashes. And that's kind of been seen in books and media and on TV and in movies. And the vasomotor symptoms that kind of accompany that, which can sometimes tend to be more neurologic, um, where women will have more like vague muscle pain or fibromyalgia type pain, or they'll have nerve pain. Um, that's really kind of hard to put their like their finger on what exactly is happening, but they have this general sense of like, I don't feel like myself. I don't feel the same that I used to feel. And so those are marked by like decreases in different hormones at different stages, you know, very, very broadly speaking, and generally speaking, the perimenopausal time when a woman's about 40 to 50 is wrought with the decrease in progesterone. And then the menopausal time, you know, the average age of menopause is 51. And so that time is kind of wrought more with the decrease in estrogen. And so when we replace or we use hormone replacement therapy and we supplement, so we're not bringing women back up to the levels that they were at in their 20s and 30s, but just instead of them like com coming crashing down, we kind of bring them down more gently. So I always use the analogy of like the Wright brothers landing a plane, like when the Wright brothers landed a plane, it was kind of probably a little rickety and, you know, maybe they hit the ground a few times versus like a 747 or a 767 landing. It's a very nice gradual decline. And that's really what we're aiming to do with HRT and hormone replacement therapy in general is we're, we're trying to not have it be such a transitional time wrought with so many physical changes that women are experiencing. We kind of bring their levels up to where they kind of felt comfortable and then slowly drop them down over time. So it's a much more kind of gradual and um, they feel more supported and kind of held in the experience in the transition. And then, you know, talking about the different aspects, also mental health as well, significantly fluctuates. Um, what strategies do you recommend for women to effectively manage mood changes, anxiety, other challenges that may arise? That's a really great question. And I'm so glad that you brought this up because one of the things that we really encourage women to consider when they're in their late thirties mm -hmm. to forties, and they're starting to experience new onset mood changes, or they're starting to experience um, increasing anxiety or depression. You know, a lot of times when women are diagnosed with anxiety or depression in their teen years, mm -hmm. it kind of gets stable as they get into their twenties and thirties. 
But then if it starts to increase again in their late 30s or 40s, we really encourage women to consider, is this now being affected by my hormones decreasing, by that progesterone going down in my late 30s and 40s, and then ultimately estrogen going down? Because it's going to, progesterone specifically affects the GABA system. So the GABA is a neurotransmitter that has to do with sleep and relaxation and calming. And so when you have less progesterone, you're going to have more excitation in the central nervous system. And so women can sometimes have new onset symptoms of anxiety and depression or exacerbated symptoms of pre-existing anxiety and depression because it's affecting their GABA receptors and it's also affecting their sleep, which then can lead to things like brain fog and forgetfulness and things like that. So we really encourage women during that specific age range uh-huh. to consider getting hormone testing. And maybe it's not just a mental health um, professional that they would want to consider consulting with, but maybe a hormone expert as well who could also help them and work hand in hand with a mental health professional. On this uh, topic, you know, because it's uh, you mentioned umbrella and just complex and each experience needs to be in- individualized. So, um, how can people seek care from professionals who specialize not only in women's health, but also in menopause? And how does this specialized care impact patient outcomes? Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of new menopause companies kind of cropping up Mm -hmm. and we call them like, you know, they're kind of like HRT dispensaries where you can kind of just like plug and play some information, answer like an online quiz, and then they'll ship you some hormone replacement therapy. And I really caution against women using that if maybe that would be good for someone who knows what they need and knows, okay, I need this type of estrogen, I need this type of progesterone, this type of DHEA, and they can just kind of plug and play. But for someone who's trying to kind of navigate the symptoms for the first time, or they kind of want to get some diagnostic testing, it's really helpful to seek out a medical professional who calls themselves a menopause expert like myself, or who calls themselves a hormone, female hormone balancing expert. And I think this is also like one of the gaps that we noticed in Femgevity is that a lot of OBGYNs, OBGYNs are kind of like everything, including the kitchen sink is thrown at them. They're meant to be experts in childbirth and pregnancy, but also gynecological issues, endometriosis, fibroids. And so what happens is a lot of, you know, breast health, a lot of times OBGYNs will niche down and specialize and you'll have OBGYNs that do primarily childbirth and then OBGYNs that do primarily work with ovarian cysts or polycystic ovarian syndrome or endometriosis or fibroids or fertility or breast health. And so this is no different to to find an OBGYN or women's health practitioner or an internist or, you know, a general practitioner who specializes and, and says that. That's what they really like to treat, enjoy treating on a daily basis. One of the things that I always kind of tell women too is like you want to go to someone for whatever you're working with in women's health, whether it's fibroids or menopause or ovarian cysts, With you want to go see someone who in their daily intake, if they see 20 patients a day, the majority of the patients they're seeing and working with have wow. the issue that you're coming to see them about because OBGYNs can really have a whole bunch of different types of patients in one like bracket of patients that they see. And so that's kind of more of a renaissance, I would say like a renaissance type of uh, physician, you know, a little bit of a sculptor, a little bit of an oil painter, a little bit of acrylics, a little bit of a glass blowing, <laughs> but it's really good to have someone that's very dedicated to that specific menopausal hormone balancing female expert in that in that genre or that area yeah yeah and kind of um you know i love to kind of 
conclude or close it out is um, looking ahead. How do you envision healthcare for menopausal women? What innovations, changes do you see are, do you believe are crucial for enhancing longevity, quality of life outcomes? Yeah. So there's so many gaps that we need to fill in menopause um, treatment. So I think the first one is the diagnosis of menopause. So we don't have a lot of research. We don't have a lot of studies. We don't even have a lot of labs or tools that we've all kind of agreed on as a medical community, like the American Medical Association or even like um, the American Endocrine Society. There's no kind of set guidelines or agreement on like, okay, these are the treatment um, criteria that we need for menopause. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to come about, especially with um, the advent of AI being able to kind of synthesize data pretty well. And also with at-home testing. So women are going to be able to kind of collect data on their own at home, which is incredibly helpful for menopausal treatment um, to know how the hormones are changing and fluctuating on a daily basis. Yeah. I think that the increase in those types of um, services is going to really help to push menopausal care down to the precision level, which is really where it needs to be. It needs to kind of be in line with um, precision diagnostics. Like there's not really a one size fits all for menopause and, and um, every woman kind of has a normal set rate that they feel normal at when it comes to hormone balancing and then kind of how that how that taper works or if they even want to taper at all. And so that's where I see like a lot of the advancements kind of coming in this this field. Mm, yeah, really fascinating. And how can people find out more about you and see check out the work that you do? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm available on LinkedIn, Kristen Mallon, obviously femgevityhealth.com. And we have all of our socials on our website as well. We also do a live um, Q&A on Instagram almost every Monday night at 9 p.m. So we usually announce it on our Instagram and then people can send their questions or ask us questions live, which I think is really helpful for um, for people who are kind of like looking for answers about certain topics in this area. Yeah. And for all the audience out there, let's thank Kristen for coming on an expert in the field and, you know, check out her work. All her socials will be in the links in the show notes. And be, with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun.